It's time for building the game with Jason and friends from tabletop game design. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, November 6th, and you're listening to episode 597. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today joined by awesome game designer, awesome publisher, awesome dude, and that is Matthew Hawker. Hello, Matthew. Jason, hello. Thank you for the awesome introduction. Uh, yeah. I, I want to throw all those things right back at you. You're, <laughs> oh, you're a great, great person. Always happy to be here and excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always uh, it's always good to have you on. Um, what, you, uh, what have you been up to of late? Wow. Um, I recently did a big move, um, and I, I think that settled down. I've been... Uh, working on a bunch of different nonsense in game space, of course. Like I think just about anyone on the show. I feel like I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's almost obvious, right? Like I've been working yeah, right. on games. Like whoa, required. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I took a nap today. That was pretty good. Um, hey, you know so- what? <laughs> that sounds epic. <laughs> uh, I've been trying to uh, get better sleep. My dog loves it because it'll just cuddle up with me the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other mm-hmm. than that, I've I've been getting back into you know on a personal note, I've been working out more, which has been nice again, and just I feel like mm-hmm. I'm I'm developing a better cadence in my life again because everything was wacky, just just, just wildness for a while. Um, so yeah, yeah we're we're, yeah. we're grooving now. That's great to hear, man. Yeah, I know it. Things get a little crazy, and uh, and it just feels like everything kind of gets <clears> crazy, right? I know that like it's easy to to let everything kind of get 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 out of control as things kind of spiral around you right and so yeah it's nice to feel like i know for me it's all my judge is always like how am i sleeping like am i sleeping enough because the answer mm-hmm. is usually no and the crazier things are i tend to sleep less even though i'm not productive past a certain point right like i won't go to bed until like midnight but after 10 right. i'm not productive like i'm not doing anything useful Right. I'm just, just go to trying to de- yeah, I'm just trying to decompress usually. Yeah. But uh going to bed would make more sense. Uh well, but I don't sometimes do <laughs> sometimes you just need time to just float, right? Yeah. yeah um yeah. I've 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 grown to appreciate that. I didn't really get what that was. I was like I like in my younger years like I'm not doing anything right now, but so, right. now that I'm the older I get, like, gosh, this is just great. Like I'm just floating in existence for a little while. Yeah. It sounds like something I should be saying in college. It sounds like a, something you'd say, like, I'm just floating right now. But like, right. you know, that's just, <laughs> right. <laughs> it just it makes sense now. It does. Right. I think for me, it's always <laughs> like, you know, the kids, as they get older, they go to bed later and later. And that kind mm-hmm. of encroaches on that, like that float time, right. Of like, yeah. okay, they went to bed. I try to have everything done before they go to bed so that I can just sit down and either like watch a TV show with my wife or play some video games or something, or just you like read, listen to a book, just, just not be productive. Right. <laughs> and then go to oh. bed at a reasonable hour. But that last part is, is tough for me. That is yeah. my Achilles heel is uh, my Achilles pillow. I just don't go to sleep. When I <laughs> should, so. Amazing. I want to remember that. That's a good one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you were awesome. And I, had, I had said, Hey y'all, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm looking to to have somebody jump in uh, to the show this week. And you just messaged me and said, hey, I want to be on the show again sometime. Like, uh, let me know. And I was like, well, hey, I have an open spot this week. <laughs> and you were like, that sounds great. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm. Uh, thanks for the short notice add-on. Um, yeah. 
And uh, if you'd said no this week, we would have just done it in the next couple of weeks. But hey, it's always helpful when somebody's like, I, I will say the Discord is amazing for that because I had three people within 30 minutes say like, hey, if you need somebody, I can do it. And it's like, oh, yay. Because it used to be like, all right, I got to send some emails, message people on Facebook. And with mm -hmm. the Discord, it's like there's always people who can jump in. And I love that um, because I am not always organized when it comes to that. Sometimes I'm scheduled right. like a month out. Sometimes I've got a schedule like two months out. And then other times it's like, you know, oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, crap. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild how that is. It is, right? Well, you know, I, I, I used to do podcasting back in the day, and I, mm -hmm. I, I feel that moment like, oh, crud. I got to have content. I got to. Yeah, what, what? right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Got to right, figure that out right. fast. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I know that... Uh, you know what? I I think when I you know when I reached out to you, I threw three topics at you because you did. You were just were... chucking them right at me. You were like, yeah, I was like, let me let me pitch Jason some stuff real quick. Um, and um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, they, I think they all kind of hit close to home because I think you know as much as I was kind of just talking about floating, I've also been like dealing with all this other stuff lately and just trying to mm -hmm. manage. Mm -hmm. I, I'm micromanaging my life more than I ever have before. Um, <laughs> Which which is needed because if I don't do that, I'm going to do nothing, um, right, and right, or right. or or I'll do everything, but it'll be so much chaos that it'll feel like nothing's getting done. Yeah, so, like the thing where like you do everything but not actually complete anything. Like yes. I've done uh, ten things today, ninety percent of the way. Yes, <laughs> tomorrow I'll do ten new things, ninety percent of the way. <laughs> yes, and and you know to segue, that's what self publishing feels like a lot of the time. I bet. <laughs> yes, that was that was well done. That was yeah. well done. Look at that. So, yeah, so we're going to, you're going to, one of the ideas you pitched to me was talking about, um, you know, you're a, a, a smaller publisher. Um, you've yeah. done some games. Uh, you've done some uh, interesting marketing for said games. Um, even putting yourself at risk um, by eating dangerous things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not to spoil anything, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, um, I think there's a, there obviously are some super unique challenges to, the work you're doing uh, in the publishing space. Um, and so when you said, hey, I'd love to talk about that, I was real excited about that because self-publishing is something that a lot of us are really <clears throat> interested in doing, um, but you're doing it at a level where you have booths at cons, um, which is, I yes. think, I think for a lot of us is, um, is really the, uh, is really the, the big jump, right? That it's too hard to make, right? To get, into it you know i could publish a game but then like having a booth at most cons is just out of reach you know and that sort of thing so um yeah so i'm i'm excited to hear about that so tell me all the secrets tell me how to make it magic and make it work just just let us know um you i think the the, the number one secret honestly is you, you and this maybe is just a me thing honestly you have to be a little full of yourself. Um, you have to have some ego <laughs> in the game. I'm, I'm I, you know, really, you do. Uh, you, you, you have to because you're going to put yourself out there every time. You're going to be the face of things, even when you don't want to be. Um, people mm -hmm. are going to remember you, and you, you are going to be the the bridge between what you're creating and then what people buy most of the time. Uh, you are going to be navigating all these conversations and emails and scenarios, and um, you're going to wake up the tomorrow and you're going to have to do a thing. And if you're not a little full of yourself, then the voice in the back of your mind that goes, hey, you stink, this ain't going to work, will take over and win. 
So right, you have right. to, there has to be a little bit of that. There has to be a little bit of ego in the game. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't think it's inherently bad as long as you have some checks on it. I've, I've, I've certainly been humbled in my life and, and, and kind of see it for what it is. But um, I, I do think that's really important because I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm lucky enough to be a huge extrovert. I'm lucky enough to be very social. And so a lot of the things that I think are roadblocks for folks are not roadblocks for me. Whereas other things like, mm-hmm. you know, graphic design and all that other stuff, those are huge roadblocks for me. And so I have, hey, to, me too. Yeah. Yeah, have to focus on reaching out to others for those things. It's, it's interesting that you say the thing about ego. Cause at first I was like, really? But then I was like, I mean, 11 plus years ago when we started a podcast, right? I mean, <clears throat> we were thinking to ourselves, how hard can it be? Right? Like, mm-hmm. how hard can it be? Super hard to get design games and to do a podcast, right? But I think that that start with the ego of like, we can do this. This can't be that hard. We can fill time. Um, and it was tremendously hard and has gotten tremendously less hard. Yet I feel like over the years, my ego has shrunk a lot because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of of uh, of checking myself in public by saying yeah. super dumb things over the years yeah. as I was learning. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Like, I totally get that, you know, and I mean, there's that when you're putting something out there, right? Like whenever you're saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing and I'm going to put it out there, whatever it is, right. Part of you believes that it's worth putting out there. Right. Otherwise you probably wouldn't do it, you know? Yes. Um, so I think that, you know, I mean, yeah, I think that that is, that is correct. I I agree with that. The more I think about it, the more I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now be humble. Be humble, of course, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. but, 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 or you, know, you will it, be humbled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Correct. Very much so. And I, I have been humbled in life. So, um, oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. It, it pro- I probably will be humbled again at some point because that's, that's life. Um, I, I think, you know, going into this, you have like, it's almost like an, your eyes are bigger than your stomach kind of situation when you enter mm-hmm. self publishing for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then it's like anything else. The more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. Um, but then right. also, like, the, the more you know, the more it kind of sets in where you're like, crud, I got to learn a lot of things to, to do this thing. Or I need to talk with people who know those things. And frankly, I need to learn from them kind of low key because I'm not always going to be able to rely on them to do those things. Um, right. And it's, just trying to hodgepodge skill sets together. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause like, you know, you say, I always, I always think that the unknown is the most terrifying thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. I always feel, I always I was thinking that I always feel most overwhelmed when I have no information. But I think what you just said that really resonated with me was that when you have, and tell me if I'm if I'm hearing you wrong, but like when you have just enough information to realize just how much you don't know, yeah. it's worse because you're like you're aware enough, like. It, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? Like if you have no idea, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, like how hard can it be? Mm-hmm. But then when you're like, oh well, here's a hundred things I have to learn how to do. <laughs> and I don't know how to do those. Well, it just got way worse, right? Sometimes learning is worse for a bit <laughs> before it, it, you get through it. It is, um, it, weirdly enough. There, there's a, there was a, you know, there's a great discussion that I was a part of recently um, on uh, the Break My Game community. And a lot of it just focused on um, learning and, and like how people learn and like how to mm-hmm. process information, how to like absorb it and how to use it. Um, and I think I'm very much someone who has to do the thing to learn. I have to right, fail right. to learn. Mm-hmm. I can't learn from reading. Like I remember before I got into this industry, like I read a thousand and one things and I still had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah, I listened to, you know, I listened to, 
I listened to like, you know, I listened to shows just like this. I listened to, mm-hmm. you know, it, like I went on the Facebook groups. I, I talked to people and, and there were so many unknowns for me still. And um, all of it was really good. And I don't regret doing any of that uh, because it was very important for me to at least get some kind of context. But the truth of the matter was, at least for me personally, until I started doing things and making mistakes, mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's been funny over the years as I've I've gotten to know more people and I've I've met and you know become good friends with folks who have gotten to the self publishing industry or uh, the games industry in general and I I feel like I'm the I, sometimes I'm like the the cynical old person on the mountain who like knows like all the things and and like I'm like like having these like cryptic cynical statements like you'll see you'll have to deal with that soon and you must overcome it and I like like have like strange wisdom that you know they don't get until they go oh that's what you meant oh that darn hawker was right yeah um <laughs> so it so you okay. talked about like mistakes you've made you know I I, I I hate to keep comparing it to podcasting, but I mean, it's what I know. Like when I make a mistake right. with the podcast, right? Like generally it results in an episode that's not great or later me saying, Hey, remember when I said this, that was dumb and that was incorrect. And I've learned more about this now. Um, but I mean, you're out there making stuff and like, sometimes those mistakes cost money. Yes, they uh, do. And as a small publisher, that's gotta that's gotta hurt i mean you're not like you know dumb x guy out there losing you know like 42 billion dollars in like a week and just being like oh well um let's make it 420 billion because it's a pot joke and that's funny um like you're literally like hey i only have this much money and i've just lost some on this and i have to fill that fulfill this commitment like um have some of those mistakes been like that yeah, absolutely. Um, the there, there's. I think that the the scariest thing on the journey, the whole journey, in my opinion, is when it's time to print the game. Because oh, when that, that happens, awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when that happens, um, technically, you can go back and fix things. But it's very expensive. But really, when the, yeah, it, yeah. It, it realistically, when that happens, you're done. Every all your yeah, mistakes, yeah. all your successes, everything is going to be in mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, and that's what it is. Um, and you're not going to get a second shot unless you reprint the game. And quite frankly, right. most self publishers don't, including me. Um, you yeah, know, you're right. you're looking at any generally printing anywhere from you know 500, probably not even that these days. I think most manufacturers do a thousand plus. Uh, I know Panda doesn't do less than two thousand. That I could be right. wrong about yeah. that. I know they upped it to two K. No, um, that's but, went up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So most most manufacturers, like you know, they have certain minimums, and then most self publishers are printing within a range of let's let's say on average 1500 2500 maybe right, maybe right. 3k right um you got to sell all those games and then if there's mistakes they're there uh yeah, your ability yeah. to to patch things and fix things is not like in the play testing days that's it um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you know after my first game you know I'll tell like for example my first game um i had a hard lesson learned for example about um the uh internal construction of the box right so like uh, I wanted to, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking one day I'll do an expansion for this. And uh, lesson to all of you making your own game: do not think about expansions. Um, even uh-huh. if your expansion is the great, just stop. Just I, I beg you, especially if you're going the publishing route or your independent publishing route for the first time, don't think about it. Don't overthink it. Um, it because more often than not, you're probably not going to do it. Um, right, right. And you know, I was like, I'll have room here. I'll have space. And then I also was thinking also, you know, I'll have some space for people who want to sleeve their cards, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. space ended up being a problem 
because there was basically an empty space on one side of the box. It had some tokens in it, but there was still a lot of empty space. There was a mid flap uh, that blocked those tokens and these cards. And when the game was put in the containers to ship, uh, the way they put the box, the games in the in the uh, in the uh, the boxes or, or cartons, mm-hmm, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Um, they put them in so the heavy part, which is where the cards were, were on top of the flap, which was over the empty space. So over the course uh, of the period of time where the games were being right. brought to the United States across the sea, that flap would slowly give out. Now, when you right. open the box, you can put the flap back up and it's pretty much fine. But, you know, that's a huge issue. You know, open up your game, you're like, right. well, why is everything everywhere? Um, right, and right. So, so I have had that happen before with games, for sure. Yeah. Like professional, like published games where you're like, what happened here? Right. And, you know, I went through every QC thing along the way. I, you know, I had manufacturer go over it. I went over everything. I, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt like I had done my due diligence and there was still that mistake. And, you know, for a while it haunted me. Now Mm -hmm. I'm over it. I've, I've, I've almost sold every copy of this game. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, But, you know, for a long time, it was like, oh, crud, this is going to be a pain point. Um, And then you've got to kind of think about that when you're, selling your game and then you're like Mm -hmm. oh crud i'm selling them something that doesn't meet the level of perfection i want and then you kind of have to accept that (laughs) so i feel like though i feel like it's fair to say that most games i think if you look at most published games there's probably somewhere some mistake in 100 i mean every game and those people had so many people looking at stuff so many more than you ever would right um yeah so i mean and i think that there's a lot of those that probably don't ever get fixed because you know i mean if it's a word here or a word there that's messed up who's gonna know right you will yeah you will you will (laughs) always know you'll know you will know immediately um and you know and here's what what i'll I'll tell you this is you're right most people won't know but then you're gonna get someone at a convention who is absolutely brilliant and awesome and they're gonna go hey listen that third sentence in the fourth paragraph of page seven, uh, you spelled flamingo. And instead of spelling flamingo, you spelled shark for some reason. What's going on there? This is a game about birds. And you're like, I don't, what? And then, you know, like they'll catch it. No one else will ever catch it. And it's going to haunt you. Not saying that happened to me. I don't have any games of flamingos in it. It's a very weird example. But the, the, the point being is like, it's going to be caught. And every time it's going to like be like a little, like a little pinch on you. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, when you're self-publishing and you're doing this solo, it's going to be a heavy as the crown moment every time. Even mm-hmm. it's as goofy as that is, it's, it's always going to you know be that pinch. Well, um, I think the big thing is, right, because it represents you. It's not like Robinsberger yeah. put out a game where 50 people touch that <clears throat> game before it yeah. ever made it to anyone. It's you, right? I mean, you are the last, you're the first line of defense. You're the last line of defense. I mean, even if you have other people that review stuff for you and look at it, it's still you. Still <laughs> so you. of all course you. it's going to feel like, you know, it's, it's all me that screwed this up. I mean, it just is, you know, yeah. and it is right. I mean, it's unfair, but it is, <laughs> it's, yeah. you chose to do it. And that's yeah. uh yeah. You signed off on it. You own it. It's your, it's your vision um, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Uh, you're hundred percent right about that. And I, I think that's a very, it's, that is the most exciting part of the whole thing and the scariest part of the whole thing. And also the thing that has the most risks and it kind of goes back to earlier where you're just trying to hodgepodge together a lot of skill sets, right? Because right. now you're like, crud, I need to navigate these spaces and I understand 
graphic design. I need to understand some level of marketing. I need to understand mm -hmm. correct grammar and language, which sounds like, you know, we should all have that mastered, but we, we don't. Uh, I need to understand, you know, how people perceive these things. I need to understand, I understand how to test the game. I need to understand mm -hmm. the rule book mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. And, um, and when you're doing it all on your own, there are going to be little slip ups along the way. It's going to happen. It's, it's unavoidable. Right, right. Even, right. even in my second game, I felt I knocked it out of the park personally. Um, mm -hmm. But there's still a a tiny little error in that rule book that <laughs> Interesting. boggles me. But I don't uh, worry. But, I'm not going to try and find it. I have the game, but I'm not going to try and find it. But uh, it is. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but it gets it. Will, I will say, uh, just speaking of that, it gets easier. Uh, get, you get better at catching those things. Um, mm -hmm. But you're especially when you're doing the solo, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I noticed recently. This is a little bit of an aside, but thinking about rules and rules editing and stuff. So, um, for like, for like all the papers and stuff I have to write, I use Grammarly, um, you know, just cause it, it helps, you know, helps you be a little more concise. It like looks at what you've written and, and tries to reword it in ways that are a little less wordy. And it's really helpful for me in like, cause I tend to like write, like I talk. So mm -hmm. I tend to be a little verbose and then it'll be like, Hey, you know, you could flip this around and now this sentence is shorter. I'm like, Oh gosh, that's so much more clear. Like, so I've, it's been a great learning tool for me. But I had it turned on and I pulled up a rules document to edit. And I thought, let's see what this says. Oh my gosh, it's awful. <laughs> like it does not understand how board game rules should work. So it's like, this yeah. is more concise. And I'm like, it is, but no one's going to know how to play your game. <laughs> so yeah. I was, thought that was very funny. We were talking about that in the Discord one day and it was like, oh yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, rule so, books, you have to break rules sometimes because you do, right? You, yeah. It, the understanding what's happening is more important mm -hmm. than being 100% grammatically correct, like right. making, making or, a sentence that can be conveyed properly for what mm -hmm. you want. Yeah, and, and sometimes that requires you to be not concise. Sometimes that requires you yeah. to be very verbose uh, to ensure that you've covered every avenue of it. And that's where I've really ported over to making sure there's I, every rule book I have now will have a diagram in it of all the setup with labels and stuff, because I right. find that that eliminates a lot of text or I can still have the text and then they can also see a picture and be like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know? Right. So, yeah. I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on my third game now. And um, one of the things that has been really interesting still being on this journey is I'm still solo. Um, I don't have like a, a company with staff or anything like that. Um, I am profitable. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, so rich that I've quit my day job and I'm, you know, right, right. live I'm on a, a dream. You know, yeah, I'm but I'm 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 profitable, which is really cool. That will that could change at a moment's notice because, you know, and I'm spending a lot right, of money right. on the next game. Um, but the the thing that's been really interesting to me is trying to now figure out when I go to a booth or a convention or anything like that, I have to create a temporary team. Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. frankly, not they've, everyone I've worked with has been awesome. Um, incredible, incredible people that have been able to contribute to that. Um, but for the most, but at the end of the day, because you are the person, you're the one, you're mm -hmm. the person who knows how to best pitch your game. You've done it. You've been through all the other conventions. You've seen all the things, you know, how to present it. And like it, you have to then trust others to do that, which is tough. Um, and yeah, then give them yeah. a very quick coaching on how to do that, which is also tough because they have a weekend to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I will tell you that I, I've worked in sales in my life. I still do that as a day job. And um, it takes months for people to really be able to understand the nuances of conversation and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah. so at a convention, it's a whole other, whole other world. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, now that I'm coming up on the third game, it's like, oh gosh, now I have to quick pitch and talk about three unique games right, um, right. And, and figure out how that works and then make space for them and all this other stuff. And it's getting harder and harder to do solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, well, and then, I mean, you're going to get to a point too, where you've got four or five games and now you've got games that you're just not talking about. Right. You're like, Hey, and also this game's here, you know, if you want to check that out. Right. Um, I think the best learning I ever did for how to pitch a game at a convention uh, was the lessons I got from Jason Katarski. Cause I'm, I'm, I don't like being salesy, but I'm, I'm a pretty good salesperson in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never worked in sales. I just, I mean, I just know how to talk to people, you know, right. But Jason Katarski was teaching me how to play Jonathan Chaffer's game filler. He showed me like, here's how I've stacked the deck and here's why. And um, here's what you're going to do to um to get it all like to make it all work and uh it was so brilliant like i was like oh my gosh so at the end of every pitch that took like 60 seconds i would just flip the cards back over um and uh then i would know um exactly how to do it again and i was like wow this is fantastic like i know how to deal with this now (laughs) so yeah 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 i found that really helpful that's cool. Um, I, I've, I've picked up some, some tricks along the way, some things, well, I don't want to call them tricks, but some, some ways of uh, navigating conversations more effectively and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I've been to enough conventions now where I also think that like a lot of, um, a lot of this is also knowing where you're going to do well and where you're not. And not all conventions are created equal for all publishers, for all games all the time. Um, you're not going to have a sellout at every convention, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly enough, I found that as an independent publisher who's, you know, very smaller, I'm not like spending a ton of money on marketing. I'm not, you know, going super hardcore on building a, a team and like, you know, going out there and, you know, you know, carving my name in the, uh, in the stone. And so everyone knows me forever. Um, some of that would be fun, but I'm not, you know, at that place yet in my life to do that. Um, but the, uh, what I was getting at though, is that like, as you're starting to think about where to go as an independent publisher, you got to be careful because conventions are very expensive. They're very, very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing that I saw a lot when I got into this industry that I told myself I wasn't going to do. And the thing that I still see a lot in this industry for folks getting into self-publishing is they say, Oh, I don't care about making money. Um, and I totally know where they're coming from. I completely understand. I, right. I resonate with it. Like they're doing it because it's their passion and all that other stuff. Um, but this, in my experience, unfortunately, because of just how the economy and society and all this other nonsense work, it hurts them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you, if you're thinking about operating at a loss and you keep operating at a loss, you're going to start hemorrhaging money. Um, mm-hmm. and then if you're hemorrhaging money that puts you at risk in your own day to day, um, and then you start creating like a, it's almost like a, I think there's like a sunk cost fallacy that kicks in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start doing things that are not sustainable for you and you're just putting more and more personal money and you haven't learned how to make money and use that money to do the thing. Um, and so you're just eating into your own pockets constantly. Um, yeah. And it's very, very tough because this side is the part that's the not fun part, which is the business part. Uh, it is right. it is the yeah. really tough part. It's, it's the part that I think, you know, is kind of the unspoken part. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's such a, you know, it's, it's business, it's money, it's not cool. You know, we, we have this great community for the most part and like everyone's, you know, engaged and, you know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of love here. Um, and business ain't love most of the time. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it, it, as much as we want it to be. Um, and, and so a lot of that comes down to also loving yourself, weirdly enough, and um, recognizing that your business is not going to love you, uh, which means you got to love you and you got to love yourself enough to go. I'm going right. to keep this as separate as possible from me at some point. So I don't keep digging a hole. Um, I need to figure out how to make this work. Cause you're going to start solving mm-hmm. things real quick when you do that. Um, right now I think that you also have to give yourself grace because for any smaller business, it takes a couple of years to, to get to someplace that's sustainable or that that's realistic, yeah. right? It's, it's sometimes not more than thing. that for sure. Sometimes you know? correct. Sometimes more than that. Sometimes it won't happen. Uh, and you, you going to have to make a hard decision to walk away. Possibly maybe, you're going to have to get more education or more coaching or more hands-on right. experience. Um, right, right. And those things are really tough because this is also a labor of love. Um, and so it's it's a lot of stuff like that. But I think, you know, when I've, I've found over the years when I give advice on self-publishing, um, most of the time I'm giving advice on all the bad stuff or giving them warnings on all the bad stuff because there's potentially a lot of it. And the most common one is you spend so much of your own personal money and you're indifferent to it at first, but it kind of catches up to you over time. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing when to s- split from that is really important in my experience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So really, it all comes back down to love yourself, know you're cool, and then everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of ego here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, I, I completely, you know, thinking about the whole like, because I've said that before about like, I don't need to make money off this. You yeah. know, if it can just pay for itself, I'll be happy with that. But I mean, you're, but you're right. Right. I mean, if you're putting that much time and stuff into it, like there are a lot of reasons why you wanted to at least be self-sustaining. Right. And to give you, you know, back something uh, to reinvest even into the business to do more with it. Right. Now, now I want to offer some caveats here. Um, And I think this is where things get um, interesting because self-publishing and independent publishing is many things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, there are a lot of really great games out there where, you know, um, uh, the, the, the stakes are much lower. And so, like, the, the thing that I would say is, like, if you're thinking, oh, well, Matthew, I, you know, I want to be a self-publisher. I do just want to break even and I do just want to do those things. So that's great. Um, what I would encourage you, though, is to think about the stakes of a situation um, and the risks mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. in a situation. Yeah. So be, be, be mindful of risks and be strategic around risks, because if you're thinking about risks then that helps you kind of think about what direction to go. So like if you want to have something, for example, that kind of just takes care of itself, it's probably worth going down the road of something like Game Crafter or doing mm-hmm. something like print and play or doing very small print, um, you know, small print right. runs, like, you know, 20 to 100 games, something like that. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. I think where, where things start getting messy is when you're trying to be the biggest thing in the world and you yeah. go the Kickstarter yeah. route and you make a bunch of money and you... Um, or, or maybe a, a decent amount of money and then you do a big manufacturer and then you have 2000 games and then you have to try to sell the games. And then if you don't have a business plan around that and you're not thinking mm-hmm. about the risk around that, it's mm-hmm. going to be really tough. Right. Um, or yeah, I was just to say, you know, when it comes to like, if you're doing a Kickstarter, you either need to budget in like <clears throat> extra money, right. To know yeah. that when I say I can fund this game at $10,000, that includes $2,000 that will be like bonus, right? Like yeah. this is profit if it works out, but if not, this is how I fix the game if there's a problem, right? I mean, we've seen so many publishers, even decent sized ones, like go bankrupt literally yes. because some things went wrong in the Kickstarter process you know, or the manufacturing process usually. 
um, and suddenly they they can't fulfill you know their order. The money's been spent. What are you going to do, right? You know, and I mean, those are the type of things that yes, you you have to plan for that. When I did my first game, I knew that I was asking for enough to make the game, but that I had an extra couple thousand dollars that my wife and I set aside, and we said, listen, if we have to right. do more with this, you know, we've got this money to make sure this game gets finished. Um, because you made that promise to people, right? And and well, Kickstarter's not a pre-order site. <laughs> like yeah. as as a person using it to publish things or to sell things, you should treat it like it is, right? Yes. So unfortunately. Yeah. Really, really unfortunate. Um, but yeah. Um I I think the the uh, it kind of goes into a, a a tough area where I think one of the the toughest things about going the Kickstarter route or what well, let's say crowdfunding route yes yeah, yeah your is one of the biggest barriers to entry is money um because it's very hard to go onto those sites for tabletop mm-hmm. specifically i don't want to speak for tabletop yeah. games i yeah. don't want to speak to role playing or other products I, I i'm not you know savvy with those but for tabletop specifically you need to pretty much go to these websites with a finished game if you're looking yeah, to do yeah. a print run of 1500 to 2500 and you're looking to get 10k plus right um you yeah, pretty much yeah. got to have a finished game and then you'll have spent money on marketing probably mm-hmm. um even if it's you're not you know spending ton thousands of dollars on facebook ads or whatever you'll probably spend money on some kind of marketing or right. um and even if you think you haven't you probably still did because if you're spending money to go to conventions if you're spending money to go to to play testing events or if you're demoing right, your right. game anywhere outside your house, or even you're doing online, you're spending money on something to do a thing to yep. get the game in front yep. of others. So you're always marketing. Um, probably got artwork, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. And then you're not even brought most folks, including me, frankly, haven't even thought, uh, well, I th- think about it, but you know, haven't even figured out fully, like when they get to that stage, how do I pay myself for the time I've put into this? Right. 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 Um, all the hours you've gone to play testing events, all the hours that you've, spent editing your game all the hours you spent mm-hmm. communicating with others about art and graphic design right um and pr- probably at the end of this you're not gonna have an answer to this uh there's a lot of old school logic on about kickstarter and i think some of it and, and crowdfunding sites uh, and i think some there's like gems of truth in it but i do think the environment has changed i think one of the things i used to hear was like at least when i started was like when you do this route you know you you only care about making enough money for what the, like the product, like the, 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 the product is right. Like you don't want to pay. It's not about paying all this other stuff. Like, right. right. Everything like, else is just, what, yeah. 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 And I remember that. I remember being told exactly that budget to make the game and print extra copies that right. way you make a profit on the back end, but there's no guarantee with that at all. Right. You know, no, that's a complete gamble. Um, now, now, bigger businesses can say this and people with business experience can say this because this isn't uncommon in a lot of businesses, right? You take risks to do things later. A lot of businesses do this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. that is a, a tactic that is often told to folks that are very new to this. Uh, it's a way of thinking that's very new to this that may not have that business acumen and it gets them in the hot seat later. Um, if there are many independent publishers I've spoken to or after you know their campaign they were still putting personal money into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even the ones that made tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. even, 
uh, even in situations where there's a hundred thousand plus made or something like that, yeah, uh, yeah. you'd be surprised. Um, just because number one, things go wrong. Number two, taxes. <laughs> Not- well, there's, there's also the, there's also this stretch goal thing where sometimes, you know, publishers just aren't smart about it. They get on the bandwagon. Right. Oh, I got to make more stuff. I got to do more stuff. And then uh, I have a friend that did a Kickstarter and they made over a hundred K on it and they <clears throat> lost a lot of money in the end yeah. because they were like, let's add t-shirts. Let's add this and this. And these things were just awful to add, you right. know, and this was, this was back in the wild west days, right? Yeah. Um, when you could throw half of a game up there and make 20 grand, you know, I mean like that was like, which is crazy. Wild now. Yeah. Now you can sense. have a fully finished game that looks amazing, <clears throat> not even hit your $10,000 funding goal. And you're like, what? Yeah. How, you know? So because yeah. you launched on the wrong day and there was another game. It wasn't a Tuesday yeah. when you launched. And so you automatically failed yeah. because no so- one cared. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's so many weird little meticulous things now, and the environment constantly changes. Yeah, it's constantly yeah. changing, and you have to just adapt. Um, one of the things that I, I recommend also highly is uh, if you go to crowdfunding route, whatever website you're going on to, understand what campaigns are on there. Um, find campaigns from organizations or individuals that are similar to you. See what they're mm-hmm. doing that's working. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. want to say copy it, but no, take but, extensive yeah. notes. You should yeah, be taking yeah, extensive yeah. notes on that. You should be writing things down. Um, so you can refer to it later when you're building your own campaigns. Now, right, right. Um, caveats there are <laughs> that some of these things that you see that are working now, just like what you just said, bites them in the butt later. Um, right, right. So you, you have to be cognizant of that. And and there's also this, it's again, this is all about risk assessment, right? Um, you're thinking, you're probably thinking, I want to do all these cool things for these people. I want to give them all these things. Mm-hmm. I want to do all this awesome stuff. And then when it's time to fulfill it, it gets messy. It gets yeah. messy real yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, or expensive real fast. And so, or both, (laughs) or both. But on the other hand, if you don't have all those cool things, can your campaign really do that? Well, I know that voice is in the back of a lot of independent publishers. Right. right. right? I will say that, you know, I am so proud of the restraint that I see a lot of publishers using right now and saying, we're not going to do stretch goals because this is the game we wanted to make and we're not going to BS you about it. Right. It is one thing, you know, like not knowing what's going to work or what's going to make a Kickstarter hit. My favorite story about this is my friend Rob Couch used to be on the show. Um, His game Saloon Tycoon made over 100K. And him and I, I don't know if the publisher agrees, but him and I attributed a lot of that success to a late stage decision to add in an animated GIF before people were doing this because it was a Mm -hmm. 3D like game where you were building like a saloon and it was very very beautiful on the table it looked very fun um if you've ever seen pagoda it's that type of style but the game was very different than that um and uh they added an animated gif of that construction like front and center like as soon as you the first thing you saw when you scroll down was that and like we're like that was half the funding of this game or more because it got people just got it right right like you know and since then, you see a lot more games doing that sort of thing. Uh, I'm not saying that he like started a trend to be clear, but like clearly that you know, that works, right? And finding that one thing that's going to communicate why your game is special, and that's why, look, like you said, looking at these other companies and what they're doing and taking extensive notes. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with copying how somebody's laying out a Kickstarter. I mean, that happens a lot. That's you know? the, almost the norm, frankly. I mean, and you know what? Like, I think I think backers appreciate that. I know I do, right? Like. When I'm scrolling down and things are in a wonky order, I'm like, come on, 
guys just right <laughs> well you in the normal format <laughs> I, I think there, there's something to be said for a lot of folks. I mean, me too, as a consumer, you, you, you want to understand what a thing is. Mm-hmm. Your expectations have been set previously. Yeah. And the, the more different something is, the more uh, resistance you probably can start, you'll start feeling. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. is this right? Is this correct? Why does this have this here? Why is this saying that it needs, um, I don't know, uh, cowboy hats for this penguin game. And they got it like, what's, what's going on with this, right? Things start not making right. sense. And suddenly right. Right. you're like, well, I don't know. I'll wait and see. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's interesting that the landscape changes so rapidly on that front that, um, you know, I feel like every month I'm seeing like kind of very nuanced subtleties or differences or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. I bet, yeah. One of the things that I noticed that became really heavy in the last think year and a half now it, mm-hmm. but there was a period of time where i think when i was very active on, on uh, kickstarter and campaigns where you know you would have like three two reviewers pre well previewers folks that were looking at your prototype game mm-hmm. now campaigns have eight 10 yeah, 12 yeah. 15 and not just that they're also going to have people playing the game live during the campaign right, and right. not just that but they're going to be doing live interviews on all these different things like throughout the campaign and it's right, right. wild it's wild and uh you know i look at that and i go that's really cool and then i think do i have time to do any of that do i right. have like i have to now i have to print hundreds of dollars worth of games that aren't the final product mail them to people or if i don't do that route i have to do the slow and steady route where i print a couple copies mail mm-hmm. it to a, a content creator have them play it and then have them mail it to someone else and then pay for the right. shipping and then right. it, so you're money 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 oh scheduling 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 right, and right. it's a lot very quickly what i find so interesting is that like as somebody who's extensively back kickstarter more than i would like to admit i've spent way too many money on games that are still in shrink wrap that i've not played before um like i never look at reviews i never look at live streams or live plays or anything Mm -hmm. none of that matters to me i look at the game i like when games have a video only because to me a video adds the legitimacy of like i took the time to make this video and i can kind of scroll through it and look at some stuff um but beyond that like none of that other stuff matters to me like i want to see what the game looks like i want to see what i get and i get that i'm not everybody for sure i it boggles my mind that some people are like oh this this reviewer says it's good so i'm gonna get it like I don't know. Having like grown up doing film stuff, reviews just don't mean anything to me. Uh, like I, I'm not a review person either. Um, but this is where it gets weird, right? Um, I, I've I've advised folks in the past, and, and I've said it's not about no, 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 no content creators. You all are awesome. I want to. Want to oh, I'm energy. not dogging yeah. content creators. Oh, no, no, at I, all. I, I no, might no, be. No. I might sound like I am in a moment. Well, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm not going to, but I might. It might come off that way. Right, right, um, right. When I'm doing a campaign, right, and, and or when I've advised folks to do campaigns, I've like they're like, why are there so many people having all these numbers of content creators? And I know this because I do this in my day job, which is basically it's not about the actual reviews; it's about the number of reviews and social proof. Um, right, right, because yeah. most people aren't watching all those videos. In fact, almost right. all of them aren't. But people are uh, like you and I. They're like, cool. They've got a bunch of reviews, whatever, and then they're going to go. But what's what's really happening is like they're saying, wow, this has a lot of this. This is cool. This has a lot of reviews. They see all those reviews, and it's a social proof that people have interacted with the game. The game mm-hmm. exists. That it's real. It doesn't matter what those reviews say. 
Um, now there are exceptions to this, right? You know, very, you know, popular content creators or folks that have a big fan base already, or folks where their perspective really does matter to folks at a, at a hardcore level because they're, they're well-recognized. Um, I do think in those situations, yeah, people will probably watch the review if they're a fan of watching reviews or previews or anything like that. But for the most part, for most folks, it's a social proof. Um, right, and, right. and so the, it, it makes you feel safer to purchase because it has been vetted by all of these entities. And so the more social proof you have, the better. Um, so I could just reach out to concurrent creators, say, I will pay you a hundred dollars <laughs> to take a picture with my game. And then I'm going to make that picture in Photoshop look like it's a video that no one's going to click to play. You probably shouldn't do that, but um... <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to try that now and see what happens. Hey, the video is not playing. I don't know. I'll look into that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, basically that's what it sounds like you're saying is like that would actually, there's a chance that would work for most people. I, th I think people are people. Well, I don't think I know people are smart. They'll catch on to that kind of stuff. So you, you, it has to still be organic. You, you have to have the presentation of, you know, being this organic thing. Right. But like, even when you look at like, um, you know, think about like board game geek reviews and stuff like that, right? Like you can go on a board game geek and you see a ton of like bad reviews, but the game still has like a six or a seven or an eight or a nine, right? right? And right, so that right. means that a lot of people still touch this game despite the bad reviews, um, which means right, that right. it's a social proof that the game's played. Um, and and right, so right, you, right. you want to have that, 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 that content there because it just fills up, number one, it fills up space. Number two, it, you're having other people than you talk about your game, which is really important. Mm -hmm. um, th this is the other other tricky part is like as an independent publisher, you're the one talking a lot, but you got to have other people talk about your game. Um, right, word of right. mouth is huge. And that's where that content also comes back. So even if people aren't watching these videos and maybe they see it for five seconds, like they see, oh, this content creator looked at this. Wow, that's really cool. Um, that means such and such, yada, yada, blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right. I find it funny that, you know, we've we've come back around. I mean, I've said this several years ago, too, but like, you know like word of mouth was the original marketing and really because of the internet and everything online, like that's what we've gotten back to, right. Is that even paid advertising is literally word of mouth advertising now. Yes. Right. You know, I mean, like, this was just hilarious to me. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, and you know, the board game geek thing, like I, to me, like, and listen, I'm not hating on board game geek, but so this is my disclaimer. <laughs> like, like the the ratings and reviews on board game geek people get so jazzed about that like oh this mm -hmm. game's in the top what who cares like it's a bunch of people that like or don't like a game but they are such a small percentage of the entire market 100 percent. that like 100%. you know i actually just before we started recording i got a ping on board game geek that was like hey somebody mentioned your game on real estate and i was like oh okay that's weird that's an old game and this person was like, hey, I backed all these Kickstarters a long time ago. Here are games I liked. Here are games I didn't like. And mine was one he didn't like. And he was like, yeah. hey, this game was, it's this and this. And it's like all these things. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, like his critiques were things like it's too simple. It's, you know, and I thought, hey, that's, you don't like it. That's fine. Earlier this week, uh, I had some new friends uh, who played the game and were like, oh my gosh, like this clicked for us. Like it just made sense. And like, so like, you have to remind yourself that like, that kind of stuff, it's social proof, right? And we like to pretend that it matters socially, but like, I refuse to believe that the games with the best ratings on Board Game Geek are necessarily the best games out there, right? Yeah. 
I, I look at it as, you know, there are different games that are great for different people and different folks and different loves. And sometimes you'll play a game and you'll despise it. And then the next mm-hmm. year you'll love it. You don't, you don't even know why. Right, um, right. I think one thing to keep in mind for all creators, whether you're self-publishing or designing, is that most people will love your game. The majority of people that will play your game will love it or like it. And you will never know. Yeah, it's true. You will right? never know. You will never yeah. have any idea. Uh, what you will know uh, more are the people that don't like it because, you know, it's fun to, for a lot of folks to talk about the things they don't like. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I, you know, what I was thinking about as you were talking about it that made me bring up that review was that, you know, this social proof of these people. And this is just some like rando who's like, hey, some people thought it was cool that I wrote about these Kickstarters that I backed a long time ago. So I decided to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like a reviewer with a big following. It's a person with some opinions, um, but people really like throwing out negative opinions and I, I can be susceptible to it too. I mean, I try to be mostly positive when I talk about games, but there are some games that I've ragged on. Right. I, I think being out there and punching down on games isn't cool. Right. I mean, like we want to say cool things, you know, hundred percent. So I could never be a real reviewer because I would be like, I don't want to talk about your game because I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't want to say bad <laughs> stuff about it. It, it, you know, when you're, it, it's, it's interesting um, when you are self-publishing and you're now you're at the, like you're talking, we're talking reviews now. So I think it's worth talking right, about right. this yeah. for a second. It kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier. You know, it's a heavy as the crown thing and you got to have some ego um, because you're going to see stuff. You're going to read it and you're going to hear it and you're going to go, mm-hmm. what, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, or where did this come from? And at the end of the day, I, I, I have to like tell myself actively that mm-hmm. even if this person is just, just ripping the game apart on levels that i don't even understand or agree with at the end of the day i i I tell myself even if i vehemently disagree with them that that's their perspective i tell Mm -hmm. my i tell myself thank you for the perspective from this individual like i'd say it in my mind and then i i move on um because if i don't do that and i then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna move on effectively or it's gonna it's gonna stop me um and then i try to take some nugget the other thing i try to do is i'll try to take some nugget of something in there Mm -hmm. And apply it later, but it's hard. It's tough sometimes. Part of that nugget may be, hey, you hated the game, but you bought it on Kickstarter. So thanks. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank <laughs> thanks you. for your money. <laughs> I'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, yeah. yeah you never know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, I think uh, as you go on this journey, as as you encounter those things, um, take it with a grain of salt. Just remember, most people that are going to touch your game are going to love the game. They're going to love it. Right. Um, I've, I've always been astounded. Like with my first game, I was so scared because it was a word game. And I, 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 someone reached out to me a while ago and they said, Hey, I just want you to know that my family still plays this game. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. love it. Uh, it's great. And they, I would have never known that they never made a, like a review right. on it. Right. They never right. said anything about that publicly, but they told me personally. Um, mm-hmm. and that was worth more than any review I've ever read. Yep. No offense to the people that have reviewed the game. Thank you very much right. for that. It's, it's true though. I mean, like. Of all the stuff I've worked on, the one game that I get the most consistent feedback from is Water Balloon Washout, a game I self-published. It only it I printed eleven hundred copies. It sold about a thousand of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm Board Game Geek. There's not hardly any reviews or anything for it, but consistently, when I see people who I haven't seen in a while, they'll say, "You know what? We still play that game with our kids, and they they love it. It's our favorite game to play together as a family." And like that's all that matters to me right is yeah. like that those people are enjoying it um because that's who the game is meant for you know what i mean again if people are enjoying it and i i think the gosh it's so powerful what you said that you know most people that touch your game will love it and you'll never know like that is 
that's a really powerful thing for people to remember. You know, yeah. I mean, that is, uh, that's important. And this is a reminder to people who play games. You play someone's game and you like it, tell them, like, tell them you like yeah. it. Even if it's, even if it's just messaging them or a shout out on social media, do that. Cause I mean, for like a smaller publisher, that means a lot. And that's really helpful. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, that will power you through some tough moments, yes, frankly. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's where, you know, that, that's where I do think you can find some love on the business side of things, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think the, 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 the big takeaways I, I would just, you know, throw out here, just kind of going through it, understand risks, understand how to build risks into your business and your process. Um, love yourself, have a little bit of ego. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that at the end of the day, most people that play your game are going to like it or love it. Um, even if it doesn't seem that way, I promise you that's the case. Um, and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail and you're going to mess up and it's going to be, it's going to feel like a pinch every time you catch it or someone points it out, but that's just mm-hmm. part of the journey. It's part of the story that you're making. Um, if you read a, if you read a story, if you read a book right now where everything was perfect for the protagonist and everything was great and worked out all the time and there were no issues at all, it'd be the most boring story you've ever read. You yeah, wouldn't finish yeah. it. Um, and so don't let those, those things that happen in your journey, you know, stop you from finishing your story. So keep at it, but understand the risks and understand, you know, the pitfalls and, you know, recognize them and and be realistic about them. Yep. Yep. That's good advice, man. Well, Hey, this has been a fun topic. I love this. Um, but now it's time for you to tell us about a game. So tell us about a game, Matt. Uh, yeah, Jason, <laughs> uh, I am, uh, I've been working on a game for a little while now called Lily hop, which I've mm-hmm. uh, pushed the Kickstarter back for a couple times, but I'm planning on launching in spring in 2024. It's a game where you play Just when as the frogs come out. Yeah, yeah. It's when the frogs come out, you play as cute little frogs, you're hopping around catching flies. Um, it's, this one's been a labor of love for me. Uh, mm-hmm. it's very modular. It's very cute. Um, I like fun. cute games. I played it. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. We're, we're still making more little lily pads in the game, more little creatures. We, we added a, um, we're going to add a swamp witch soon, I think. And then we're, we're, we added a, a couple weird fish that have been ridiculous to play with. <laughs> we added a sad goldfish that's kind of mean. Apparently, uh, I did some research. Goldfish are not good to have and like to reintroduce into like, natural wildlife or wildlife habitats or anything like that. And so they end up being like, uh, they have like no natural predators. They just get really big and hurt the environments. And so that's not a good right. thing, but right. I right. was like, wow, that would be a really interesting mechanic in a game, which is me being absurd. So, uh, whoops. <laughs> it's interesting to me that goldfish have no natural predators. I mean, like their coloration is bright. It just seems like it screams, eat me. Unless, unless, you know, the animals are like their coloration is bright. Maybe they're poisonous because that's like a thing. So maybe yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no expert. I just put a goldfish on a lily pad and said, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that does sound like something you would do. So yeah. So in the game, you're hopping around trying to eat flies. Um, the, the different, you know, abilities and powers and stuff you run into from the different things you eat and everything and different things you interact with are super fun. I got to check it out. Uh, gosh, last year or th- was this year at, this year at origins or it was origins. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to remember if it was origins or Gen Con, but it was origins. Yeah. 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 That was the, a good time. 
the the thing that I think I, I like most about it. So there was a it, it actually was inspired by a, um, a game jam I participated in, um, and I, I kind of changed some things up following that. But it basically, um, I think the coolest part is that you have these like circle tokens that these frogs move around. It's like a modular rondelle that can mm-hmm. expand or shrink, or you create new rondelles and the frogs move between them. Uh, and for me, that's amazing. Uh, it does create, I, I think, the, the biggest con of the game. It does create situations where you're almost overwhelmed with choices at some point, especially toward the end. But they're mm, almost okay. always, yeah. not even almost, they're always interesting choices. Um, right, so they, right. you're always like, oh, gosh, I could do this, but I could do this. Oh, I could do that. Um, and right, you're, right, you're right. influencing the cadence of the game based on your previous choices. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see that on Kickstarter um when the frogs come out when the frogs come out uh look up matt and you know it's matthew hawker and you'll be like oh oh it's time we have to <laughs> i have to I, I have to change the name of the game to when the frogs come out now jason that's it's <laughs> pretty good <laughs> when the frogs come out titled by jason <laughs> it sounds a little sounds a little dangerous like i don't know it sounds like i expect they're like big mutant frogs like the, when the frogs come out when the frogs come out. Ribbits, ribbits. One toad must go against all odds. <laughs> yeah. <it'll> be... <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, movie announcer voice from back in the day. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out uh, today and chatting about all this. It's a good time. Jason, it, as always, it's an absolute pleasure chatting with you, being on the show and, and participating. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, listeners out there, you're awesome game designers you're also awesome uh I, I i can't say awesome enough about about this community and the folks in it i've 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 i feel truly um honored to be a part of this and to you know grow with people and and you know see their journeys that they're making as well yeah me too me too there we've got an amazing community out there so uh, and i look forward to seeing you in person i think hopefully it packs you will you be there i will be there all right then i'm gonna see you in person it's gonna be great but we're gonna play fisher fire your other game that i love yeah yeah <laughs> I added a new fish to it. It's uh, a sunfish. Uh, and sunfish. Yeah, so, you know, it has whales as well, which. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which I'm waiting for your criticism of. When you oh, go. I'm not going to criticize that. I've <laughs> criticized the uh, bony octopuses enough. So. Fair. Bony octopi. Yeah. But uh, if you see Matt anywhere uh, and he's got Fisher Fire, you should try and play it because it's short, it's fast. Uh, and you uh, are going to want to scream in a good way because it's super fun. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, listeners, I really hope you enjoyed this uh, chat we had tonight. And uh, if you want to find us um, online, you can, of course, go to buildingtheamepodcast.com. Uh, there you can find a link to our Discord. Um, you can also email us at buildingtheamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Matthew, is there a good way for people to find you? Is there any places you like to hang out online? Uh, yeah. Um, pr- all my all my media tags are basically play coup games, P-L-A-Y-C-O-O games, G-A-M-E-S. Uh, I do have a coup games Discord as well. Um, I'm also very active on the Break My Game Discord community. So if you're interested in playtesting games there, they do playtesting. Uh, we do six nights a week or six days a week rather. And um, I'm always hanging out there. That's awesome. It's a good community, so for sure. Well, hey, listeners, the other way to get in touch is, of course, keep coming back every single week. But until next time, good night. Good morning. Building the game, building the game, with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game, with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends.
with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends, the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.